This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is your boy Dak from the 410 Gaming Podcast, and when I'm not doing terrible wrestling impersonations, I'm listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. Oh, yeah! You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling, with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining us, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 76. I'm Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And Nick, this week our long national nightmare ended. Finally, finally there was justice and Baron Corbin shaved his head. Yes. yes. No more venom laying on the oh. mat. No more any of that stuff. Oh, man. He, he, he looks normal. You know, I got a bit of a head shave myself uh, this past weekend. Nowhere near the extent of Baron Corbin. No, no. You still have a pretty solid Braun Strowman kind of uh, big drifter thing going on there. Yes. But, uh, but yes, but Baron Corbin shaved his head. And that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Yes. We'll see you next time. No, no, no. We do have a lot to talk about. It is the go-home week for Money in the Bank over in WWE. Also, the last week before TakeOver Chicago for NXT. Plus, there's a ton of other things to talk about. We got listeners' questions we have to get into. We have a ton of stuff to get to. Uh, but before we get to that, make sure you go to our Facebook discussion group over on Facebook. Join us there. We do talk about a lot of things. We have a pretty lively discussion going on, memes and and all kinds of fun things we get into yes. over on Facebook. Yes, and we also do listener questions every week, which you'll hear at the end of the show here today. So be sure and join into the group and get involved here with the show. Uh, you can also find us over on Twitter at BWO Podcast. And hey, if you like what we're doing on this show, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar or sign up to do your very own shoot promo right here on the show. And uh, before we do anything else, Nick, before we talk about Money in the Bank, and we, we got to talk about the big news. Well, seemingly out of nowhere, but we called it. We kind of did. We have to admit. We did. We, we, did. we, we were 50-50. It. We were on the fence. O- Omega beat Okada. Omega beat Okada, look, if, if you don't follow New Japan, if you're strictly a WWE person or, or whatever, we understand uh, New Japan can be a little bit obtuse, hard to get into, but it, there is no bigger story this week than the fact that Kenny Omega finally, finally dethroned the longest running current uh, heavyweight champion in the world, uh, Kazuchika Okada, at uh, New Japan's Dominion show, which happened this last week. It is not hyperbole to say that their series of matches, they had four in total over the last year and a couple of months, year and change. 
it is not hyperbole to say that these are some of the greatest matches of all time. And these are two of the greatest professional wrestlers working today. This is not hyperbole. That is a fact. Where you rank them, where you rank these matches is completely subjective. But you cannot argue that these were four of the greatest matches of all time. And the series as a whole, when put together as a large picture, is one of the most incredible accomplishments in the history of professional wrestling in terms of quality and storytelling and excitement and also athleticism. These guys just went an hour and five minutes, give or take, in this last two out of three falls match. And it was it was absolutely incredible. Incredible. And yep. we're not going to get too much into Dominion right now. We're going to talk about that later in the show in the New Japan section. But that is big enough news to warn us a segment we, in the big news section. We needed to stop the show cold and just say, God damn, son. Yep. Omega, way to go. Uh, he, he finally got that monkey off his back. Becomes only the second uh, guy ever in New Japan history uh, to hold both the junior heavyweight and then the heavyweight belt. The only other person to ever do that was Nobuhiko Takata. So this is a, it's a big deal that he he has risen his game up through the New Japan ranks to this level. There's a lot of other stuff we're going to talk about here uh, with when it comes to Dominion, when it comes to the all the different aspects we have to talk about of the outcomes of that show because it was a crazy show and there was some very big uh, how should we put it? Like some big movements, some big chances taken by that promotion. Yeah, we normally don't take a lot of time to talk about the New Japan stuff, like breaking down a show. I actually asked you this week, because there was so much that happened out of this show, if we should do a special uh, New Japan recap, because so much changed. But ultimately, we decided just to kind of keep it here, yeah. keep it on the normal weekly show. So stay tuned if you're waiting to hear our takes on what happened at New Japan Dominion. We're going to do that right after we get through the, the WWE stuff. That's correct. But before we get into WWE, come on, Sasha. I'm going to make this a thing. The WWE, besides WWE, we got to talk about UFC really quickly. What's UFC? CM Punk just had his match in UFC. Oops. And he lost. Uh, <laughs> unanimous decision. He made it all the way through, uh, not necessarily because he was good or anything, but because his opponent, uh, Mike Jackson, basically let him. He basically just was playing with him. He tickled him at one point. Like, it just was messing around. Um, it's like a lion playing with a gazelle, kind of. It's not like Mike Jackson is that amazing of a, a guy, a, a, a fighter either. Um, you know, Mickey Gall was was much more of a threat. And, yeah, but if you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, he's basically going, whoever this guy is going up against Mike Jackson, Mike Jackson's an animal. Mike Jackson's going to tear him apart. That's right. basically Joe's been saying. But Mike Jackson got weeks. fired from UFC as well because Dana White didn't like the fact that he was playing with CM Punk. He, didn't, he was like, just take him out, dude. Don't, yeah. mess, don't make a mockery of this sport. Um, and he said CM Punk's out too because, as, as Joe Rogan said, he has no talent. Yes, he doesn't. You know, he he. It's easy to make yourself look like a big badass when everything's scripted, and you can go out there saying I'm the best in the world. But when you actually have to prove it uh, for real, it's a little harder. And it actually makes people like Brock Lesnar, who translated trans, uh, you know, and and uh, Bobby Lashley, who went into MMA. It makes them look a lot more legit because it ain't easy. No, it's, it's not. not easy, and it's not like Punk didn't take time to do it. He took years to try and get his shit together, and and he couldn't. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next to him and for him. He said he is completely out of wrestling. It gives him anxiety. He's got all kinds of problems. But, uh, yeah. I would still not be surprised if he showed up at All In some, in some capacity. He's showing up to sign stuff. I don't know that Cody has stuff. completely come out and said no, but I think that there was a 
I think that he did say something about he would love to have CM Punk at All In, but it wasn't a way that it wasn't like a confirmation of any He's sort. He's going to be at the convention part of it. He's not going to be at the show, from okay. what we understand. Apparently, okay. he doesn't like big crowds anymore or something. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. But the bottom line is, is yeah, CM Punk uh, probably out of UFC, and you probably won't hear a lot from him anymore. Congrats on not getting sued out of your ass i guess oh, congrats, yeah, congratulations on winning the lawsuit that's that's yeah. a big step in the right direction but i, I i'm happier for colt cabana with that because i think he was a little bit more on the line he doesn't he does not have the bank account that cm punk the the i was champion for a year bank account uh that cm punk did but probably this is going to be better for colt cabana yeah. in the long run but uh that that aside that's our big news for the week we got to start talking about the build to money in the bank and to do that we have to go talk about monday night raw Lee and my favorite pay-per-view of the year is finally upon us. Money in the bank, ladders, briefcases, title opportunities. Oh, my God. Yay! Yay! Yeah, here's my problem, though, is that watching the shows this week, I felt like they forgot how to build a pay-per-view organically. Everything felt felt very presentational on both shows. They both They both opened with these very stilted, very, like, presentational, uh, openings. What you had on Raw, you had all the superstars who were in their respective Money in the Bank matches on ladders in the middle of the ring, staring awkwardly at each other and having a segment where they basically all just yelled at each other awkwardly. And they even, you know, made the reference to it being the the Real Housewives of the WWE, and that because that's exactly what it kind of was. It was annoying. Yeah, it, I, yeah, it didn't it, it didn't work for me. It didn't hype me up nope. for it at all. It, it's it was just kind of there. And there was other stuff on both shows that I thought worked a lot better. I don't know where the idea came from to have them open the show in this way because it. here's the problem is it felt forced. It mm-hmm. felt so very forced and it felt like someone in the back was like, you guys are going to go out there and do this. And if this is, if this, let's say, obviously it, it, WWE has a long way from its presentation being of a legitimate sport. Uh, but what this felt like was you know management or corporate or creative whatever if these were like real wrestlers and real competitors or whatever this felt like a publicity stunt and those all those come over as awkward and uncomfortable even in if this were like a real thing if this were UFC right. if this were something like a like a, a football game and you had all of the guys on each team come out and stand in a pose and you know and and face off with each other it doesn't it just doesn't feel natural yeah. and it doesn't make you engaged it's just kind of off-putting and that that's how, kind of how i felt about this it was there was entertaining aspects to it everyone worked their butt off to try and make it entertaining whether it was alexa bliss and braun Strowman, kind of you know referring to the fact that they were mixed match tag competitors well, several together. Of them did. well they, and they started it off and then yeah sasha and finn also talked about it whether it was uh alexa and braun screaming uh, to shut everyone up multiple times whether it was kevin owens calling out hard times uh, it was, it was those, there were fun moments, but overall I was just sitting there. Why, why are we doing this? But, uh, but I don't, I don't want to dwell on that. Uh, I would like to dwell on the good stuff, which was the matches on this show. You had the fatal, you had two fatal four ways between all of the competitors in, in each gender of the match. So the, the men's and the women's. So you had the, you had, uh, Sasha, Alexa, Natalia, and Ember starting off, uh, with a fatal four way from all the women in the money, in the bank. Uh, and this was, I thought, a really good match with a lot of good moments. 
Can we get a Sasha and Ember feud, please? Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Because they have some great chemistry here. Kind of like what we saw with Sonya well, Deville and Asuka. I, it would be kind of dangerous because Ember all but murdered Sasha with that suicida running out and into the oh, that barricade. Was such a good one. Oh, God. I, was, I, I, she pancaked her into the barricade. That was, there was some stank on it. Ember, I don't, loved know, it. Ember don't know her own strength. Oh, uh, oh, thank goodness. I love it. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that Natty won even with her injured leg. I thought there was something something there to that. Like either they're well, giving. Yeah, I mean, she's not going to win money at the bank. <laughs> don't think no 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 she's not getting that briefcase all right well that's uh i thought that was an interesting choice to have her win uh even with the injury and then say well i'm gonna i'm gonna support my friend ronda rousey Uh sure you are sure you are uh we also had a fatal four-way for the men uh finn balor kevin owens braun Strowman, and bobby what are you doing with your life, Rude? Uh, and this built throughout the show. This was kind of entertaining did. to me. It was Kevin Owens going around and lobbying to both Bobby Rude and Finn Balor to try and get them to three-way team up on Braun Strowman, ultimately leading to a spot where the three of them were together right before the match, and Braun just come out, you know what would be fun? Why don't the three of you just team up on me? And, roar! Roar! And he stomps off. You know, just classic Braun Strowman. You love this kind of stuff. And yeah, the match, they did kind of team up on him. It was for a bit. For a bit. And it was it was actually an entertaining match if if ultimately kind of meaningless. It was a way to establish that Braun Strowman, who is not winning money in the bank, no. is this dominant monster who can take out three of your biggest guys uh, pretty handily, even after being frog splashed through the announce table, which was an awesome spot yeah it was kevin owens on top of the ladder which i thought was actually by the way after last week where he didn't like to climb the ladder to to frog splash finn balor now he can get on the top of the ladder and frog splash onto an announce what table do you mean he overcame his fears i, I he went to therapy this but my week. point is that's a very face thing to do and right. i was like that's for a shit heel coward that's kind of a that's kind of a badass thing to do yeah you know i don't know i thought i Nitpicking. I, it was cool as hell. I wasn't Which side mad. Does he want to work? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean, there is a question of if we're making Braun Strowman look too strong at this point. He's taking out three of your biggest faces, uh, or three of your biggest wrestlers, I should say. Uh, but you know, that is part of having him be that monster. So it will be interesting to see how they now that they have established that how they write that story on Sunday. You know, with the other guys from SmackDown as well. So, obviously, that was something that they had to deal with with the Elimination Chamber earlier. Was Braun took everyone's finisher and still was there? Yep. Until of course Roman Reigns. Oh, of course. But, you know, yeah. Naturally. It's, until he got a spear, a couple spears, and that, that'll do it. But uh, yeah, so those were all very entertaining. But uh, ultimately, mm, not much we can really take from that to interpret on Sunday. It was. I think both of these shows were treading water a little bit. Like they, they didn't have much more to build with, with a couple of notable exceptions. Well, I mean, look, it's been, it's been over a month since backlash, hadn't it? It's, we've had a marathon run to get to yeah. money in the bank. We're after so, being so just overwhelmed the, the, between the, WrestleMania, the greatest Royal rumble back backlash all within three or four weeks of each other. Just, we had a chance to take that exhale, but it, it's like, it's been too long now. And and finally we're here. So yeah, I think they did I tread just, water I, this week. They had built everything they needed to build, and finally we're here. Well, it's funny because you know a, a couple other angles that uh, a couple other feuds that I thought didn't really go anywhere new, but just added a little bit of extra, a little extra stink to them. Uh, Jinder and Roman, and then Seth and Elias. 
you know, both of these were pretty much ready to go. Yeah. And all it was was uh, Jinder and Roman supposedly having a match and ended up being Sunil Singh. Uh, Roman, uh, you know, Roman gets to the ring. He's like, cool, I'm going to beat up Jinder Mahal. And Jinder goes, uh, actually, no, you're fighting my little buddy here. After teasing him that it might have been the great Kali coming yeah. out. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, but, uh, th- you know, then, of course, once Sunil gets thrown to the wolves and murdered by Roman Reigns, who, by the way, is now sitting here on top of my mic stand yes. uh, proudly. Uh, it is proclaiming, pose. Yes, of course, man. Naturally, I have to. I have to proclaim my my Roman Reigns love for the entire world. Uh, so here's the thing: is that now so gender basically basically uses the gender finish in this match in reverse, where Sunil Singh is working the match, Roman beats him, and gender then comes in and beats the crap out of Roman. We get a little more heat. He chases off the heels. Okay, cool. Uh, nothing really new here. Just builds a little bit more for the match. Seth and Elias. Also, the same way, Elias out in the ring singing a song about how much Seth sucks. And, and he, so got a, he got a brand new guitar with from, a, John the Mayer. from the hip-hop artist, John Mayer. Uh, Did you thanks. know he was a hip-hop artist? Thanks, Coach. Yeah, great. <laughs> Good one, Coach. You got me. Uh, I like how they called back to that on SmackDown because yeah. it's just such a terrible line. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so then Seth comes out and chases Elias off, grabs his nice new prize guitar and stomps it. Yep. Long story short. That was it. Like we, I just literally... This whole 20-minute segment, I just summed it up in half a sentence. Yeah. Uh, and really, all it does is, okay, yep, they're having a feud. They're mad at each other. Great. Thanks for reminding us. Moving on. You know, this was, and this was saved by the fact that Elias is great on the mic. Seth is great on the mic. Uh, the, the plot was kind of non-existent. Doesn't but matter. the entertainment of, the, of these performers was what made this work. I can't say the same about the Roman and Jinder thing, although oh, that, yeah. that could have been worse. You know, Jinder's working a very old-school heel style now and not the foreigner heel, thank God. Yep. And it does kind of work for him, even though it's not terribly exciting. It's, it's fine. It's not as bad as it could be. But, uh, yeah, I thought, the, I thought the value of the guitar to Elias was sold very well by Elias. I think Elias is working really well as a heel. So that's... I'm excited for that match. I'm just not over the moon about it yeah. because it just hasn't been built that, that, that well. I am. I'm eating up Seth versus Elias. I like this feud. I think these two guys work well together. I'm anxious to see them have a full, clean match uh, that doesn't involve some kind of interference or somebody getting hit with a guitar. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that on Money in the Bank. I have a feeling a guitar will get broken at sure. Money in the Bank. That's just a, just a hunch I have. Um, so now, now we did have a feud you know, we were asked, I think, last week by one of our listeners uh, if there was any saving the Naya and Ronda feud, to which we both said very succinctly, and no. However, I will say this. There was a Naya and Ronda segment this week where they faced off in the ring, and they were just going to sit there and talk to each other and, and whatnot. And I, I liked this a lot. First of all, because it clarified Naya's character. It showed that she's not this bully heel, which they kind of drove right into and made no sense. Uh, it gave her character a sense of logic and purpose. Uh, it didn't help Rhonda a whole lot because she still just is just so stilted out there and feels very unnatural and uncomfortable and doesn't really know her her levels, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but what I liked about it is it did, as you would expect, and then physicality, which we haven't seen between them yet. And it needed this physicality because as soon as it got physical, I sat upright, my eyes got wide, and I went, ooh, Ooh, this is kind of cool. Ronda's like a little pit bull, and Nia is this, you know, big, big person. And having Ronda just clinging on to her for this for this part where they started getting physical with each other, like trying to put the arm bar on her, it looked really cool and it felt exciting. And it made me kind of go, okay, 
this could be exciting once we see some physicality between these two. Yeah. And I see you over there just grimacing. You don't like anything about this feud. I still have no, I don't. some hope. I have some hope for Ronda one day down the road paired with the right person. I have zero hope for this feud whatsoever. Well, let me put it this way. I would much rather have this feud with the way that they finished it before the show. Like where I'm at with that, with, with, with Ronda and Nia, I'm way better with that than I am with arguably the worst feud of 2018 so far, Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. And I say so far of 2018 with the hope that there is nothing that even comes close to competing with it because this is just god-awful. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's unwatchable. If I didn't have to watch it for this show, I wouldn't. You'd fast-forward through it. I would. And the crowd that was sitting there, obviously one and two as well, they were dying. Everyone was dying here. Sammy coming out and basically doubling down on the last week when he when he asked if Lashley had even been in the military and we had a lot of people get upset about that. I think it was inappropriate. Uh, and this week he said, "Well, I'm going to double down on it, and you prove that you're in the military by running through this little obstacle course I've set up around the ring." Uh, there was some funny moments to the Sammy was working his ass off to make it work. And I had to say, I did laugh out loud at the end when Lashley's running through the course, looking like a monster, by the way. He did yeah. very impressively run this in course. In 30 seconds, he was done with it. Holy, I mean, he was like, he was showing off through it too. Uh, and then at the end, he goes um, he goes to go through the, uh, to climb the rope. He comes down off the rope and Sam just comes through and just kicks him and beats him up and beats him down. And I, my favorite part of it was he runs through the, and Haluva kicks him. And then as he's running back, he grabs a little rope and does a little swing back on the rope and is prancing around. I laughed out loud at that. That that entertained me. 30 seconds. 30 seconds of the last weeks and weeks of this feud. And I had a, a little a chuckle. I, that's the best I can say for this. I, I have nothing really to say about this one. It's, <laughs> it is. It, I, and I think I echo the majority of the WWE universe. If you, look, if you go back and watch, I'll challenge you listeners, go back and look at the footage of this on Hulu or something like that or online, and you can look into the audience, into the WWE universe. Oof. Nobody is cheering. Nobody is standing. Nobody gives a shit. I give all the credit in the world to somebody like Sami Zayn for trying to get something this bad over with the crowd or at least get some booze out of it. They just weren't reacting they, at all. It's the worst possible kind of no reaction yeah. that you could get. Exactly. It's the worst thing you can get is no reaction. Yeah. And he got a couple of boos, a couple of USA chants, which is... Half-hearted at best. And they, they kind of drove into this whole like Canada thing that's going on right now <laughs> yeah. with him saying he's from Canada. And some people would be like, that's bad, right? Yeah, screw Canada. Uh, USA, USA. And then they did stand up when Lashley came out and was ready to run the course. They did stand up for that. You know, but that's it. Uh, yeah, that this is dead in the water. I think we will all be happier and better off when this ends on Sunday. Yep. Well, hey, we did have some uh, some action in the tag division, but unfortunately, if you watch the Hulu edition, uh, <laughs> you saw Lashley and Sami Zayn and Nia Ronda. You did not get to see two things that were arguably better. I don't know about arguably better. The tag division is pretty sad on Raw right sure. now. Uh, you had uh, the the tag I, team I that I'm calling. I watched that with my eyes taped open before I watched Bobby Lashley run another obstacle course. Uh, touche, touche. I would definitely rather watch uh, the team that I'm now calling Ziggy Mac, uh, <laughs> okay. Ziggler and McIntyre, beating the crap out of Breezango. Um, by the way, Tyler Breeze just looked like he got murdered 
He he can sell like a son of a bitch. Um, and then they 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 beat them down and said we're going to beat up everybody else. Basically, we we got nothing going on in the tag division right now until they pull the trigger on Ziggler and McIntyre because they've made the rest of the division look so bad that only a team like that can really do anything interesting. Hang on, I take exception to that because the B team are currently going to be going up against the Deleters of Worlds for the tag team championship. Oh yes, how scintillating. Yeah, I'm, what? It's Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Well, I, yeah, I, I know you love those guys. Amazing legacy but, of wrestling. Yeah, okay, that's great. With the only thing brother versus brother, Bray versus Bo, I guess is something. But uh they said yeah, B team came out, they beat Slater and Rhino and then the Deleters of Worlds showed up on the Titantron and talk smack, and they showed up on the stage and said they were going to eat them and delete them. Ew. Um, yeah, which, okay. But uh, it wasn't really made clear if that was going to go down at Money in the Bank or sometime in the future because nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. I, no one, I, I, I do. This is, this is a terrible tag team championship reign right now. Then they can't even get on the Hulu edition that's on it's buried on the regular TV show. We don't even know if we're having a match. Look what it's buried under. It's it's like it's yeah. removed from the Hulu edition to show you stuff like Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley. Yeah, also buried uh Ruby Riot beat Bailey pretty handily. Um I would have loved and to then, have seen that. And then drew all over her body in Sharpie. Uh yeah, well yeah, because I mean it was a little botchy at some points, but also I mean Ruby Riot is we've said for a long time, wildly wildly talented. Um, so is Bailey for that matter. She's just getting a bad break, but Ruby, I think could go a long way. Uh, you know, if they ever just give her, decide to give her a push, uh, speaking of pushes, no way. Jose has already been relegated to Adam Roseland. He's now, uh, beating, t- uh, Kurt Hawkins, uh, in the, adding for, another notch to his loss uh, column zero and 201 wow. at some point we're going to have to break wow. the streak and it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see what happens oh. there. Well, guys, that's everything that went down on Monday Night Raw. Let's continue this drive towards Money in the Bank and head over and talk about SmackDown Live. Well, SmackDown is continuing its pattern of giving us what could be considered dream matches as just throwaway matches on SmackDown. The whole opening segment video package of this show where they were showing the card for the night, I was just like, oh my... What? Is this a pay-per-view? Yeah, it's crazy. Oh my God. Uh, You know, whether it's Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jeff Hardy, Daniel Bryan versus Shelton Benjamin, Rusev versus Samoa Joe, these are all matches that could be a big match on a pay-per-view if they built it up right. These These could be huge matches. This is also the brand that gave us Cena and Nakamura and Orton and Nakamura on TV. What? I mean, and and here's the thing is it wasn't like these matches. These matches were fine. They were good. I was entertained. I liked SmackDown this week because all the matches would come on. I'd be like, ooh, yeah, I want to see that. But these were matches that were essentially just heaters for money in the bank. They didn't have any for other matches. Yeah. yeah. And they, and so they didn't even the wrestlers didn't really go all in on them. Like they they, they did it. They did the work, but it wasn't no, like Shinsuke Jeff Hardy was pretty nuts. That was a pretty good match. And I'd say Daniel Bryan versus Shelton Benjamin was nice and technical, but yeah. it wasn't like for instance, no stakes. it wasn't like, for instance, Pete Dunn versus uh, uh, oh. Kyle O'Reilly over an NXT, which we'll talk about. Technical master which is Which was just Jesus Christ. And they don't let them go that hard on the main roster because they have a tougher schedule. I get that. But uh, it's that's what I'm saying is why have these matches in such a prominent position uh, when you're not going to do anything with them other than... Because some of these you know, didn't really even build the matches they were trying to build for. Uh, Daniel Bryan, Shelton Benjamin had... Like nothing to do with Big Cass. Big Cass had a whole separate promo that he did. Another, you know, big angry orange promo where he talked about how tall he was and how short Daniel Bryan was. That was and actually that a pretty was, good promo. 
from a te- from a from a uh, performance standpoint, yes. From a content standpoint, it was garbage. I, I thought it was garbage. hilarious. I love the whole "must be seven feet tall to ride" thing. I thought that was funny. Well, I, I to me it made me roll my. I'm, I still have a headache from rolling my eyes. Of course, from of course. That one. Mine but, just uh, came back around from rolling them over. But I mean, it's it's fun. I fully expected that to be a setup for Big Cast to come out and you know kick yeah. him, kick him in the face or something at the end of the match. I it's. <laughs> It's just become repetitive. But this could have been like its own little house show slash pay-per-view card. These matches are fantastic. They, they should have been, but they were all kind of, they, they were fine, but they were just kind of average. Yeah. But we did have a massive five-on-five women's tag match to close the show. They built this throughout the whole show, too. They did. That it's, was impressive. It started with that really awkward, you know, everyone in the ring segment and, yeah. and with Lana without her accent. I think DOA, Lana's and accent. happy Lana Day t-shirt yeah, on. They've been, they've been promoting that for a couple of weeks now, but the... The lack of accent so suddenly, without any explanation, I'm just, okay. No more, ra- they're dropping the ravishing gimmick. The most interesting thing about her, yeah. by the way, it's gone. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that creatively, but whatever. Yeah. Um, they all in the ring getting prepped for money in the bank. Everyone have, taking their turn to say why they're going to win. Becky Lynch, the only person with, that, with any fire in this segment, really. Uh, and then basically everyone ended up showing up and, and talking smack and everyone who wasn't in the money, in the bank match were all the heels and they talked smack to everyone who was in the money, in the bank match. And the iconics came out and stole the whole show. Of course, man, doing the whole, the dance move, making fun of the dance off and they start dancing on the ramp. Hilarious. Ugh. I love this. I, I, you know what? I want to say something real quick as a quick aside. I didn't have a lot of hope for Peyton Royce and Billy Kay when they were coming up to the main roster. Really? I knew they were fun in the ring. I did not know that the pair of them together could... Because in NXT, they don't give them this kind of time on the mic to do these sort of like interlude segments in between. I don't think we had ever seen this to this caliber, but when they come out and they do these these things they've been doing the last few weeks, man, it is good. Yeah, you can it tell that they've really known each good. other for a long, long time. Yes. They're very much on the same page, and they're fantastic. But, uh, you know, this ended up being, Paige ended up put this, putting this together, as you said, throughout the entire show. Ended up Carmella and Asuka and their feud got wrapped up in this too. So we had all the women who were in the Money the Bank match all the other women on the roster and Carmella and Asuka all in the ring together at the same time. Uh, well, they've never done that before. Uh, well, but <laughs> but this time I thought it was a nice contrast to the kind of piecemeal way that they were they were doing the uh, the men's money in the bank yeah. and the and the the kind of the interesting juxtaposition of Rusev and Samoa Joe in their match with the Miz as the special guest referee and then the New Day kind of getting involved. In the at the end by pulling a prank on the Miz, so you had one where it was all these disparate elements bouncing off each other, and one where it was just this big cluster, and everyone you know was in there fighting, and it was you know for a ten minute match, like a minute a person, it was a fine match. Yeah. It was pretty entertaining actually. Yeah. So Charlotte with the big moon salt off the top ropes into naturally. the crowd. Yeah. Everyone gets their spots. Oscar yep. looking like a wild animal at the end of this. Uh, they all surround her. Just a, but yeah, but just so the reason that Asuka is just so exciting is how snappy she is. Like, you know, she can be on the ground and all of a sudden she just, her body just whips around and you're in a choke hold. She's so very, very, uh, like the snap, like the pop of her, like right. just crisp. Right. It's just, it's awesome and it's terrifying. And I don't see a lot of other people have that, you know, there's the, the intensity to her movements. So I thought that was a great way to finish it with, with, um, the Oscar lock uh, Chinsky Jeff Hardy. We did bring up was uh, another match that was on the show. 
And essentially, we were asking where Jeff Hardy was last week. Well, we found where he was. He was hiding out somewhere with his U.S. title, and he came back this week to have a decent match against Shinsuke Nakamura that ended with yet another Pinchasa. Yeah. And I'm officially over uh, Nakamura punching dudes in the dick. I, I still crack up every time he does it because he does it with just su- such hatred. Such well, my hatred. inner 12-year-old makes me giggle every single time he does it. Just, it's, 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 like, it's like an evil Shoryuken. Yeah. Like he comes up behind them and just, oh, you can... It's just so vicious, but at the, at the same time, I'm like, can oh, can this is Shinsuke Nakamura? Can you please have him doing something else besides dick punches? <laughs> like, come on. Next up, taint punches. Like that's it's it's so. I, I mean, I, I I hate to be uh, Debbie Downer, but it it is just so classic WWE yeah. to take someone with that much talent and charisma and reduce them to a crotch shot. Like that's it's just so. Basic. We'll resume our regularly scheduled AJ Styles program this Sunday. So, hope is it just me, or is this just the whole thing just kind of cooled off a lot? Uh, like I liked it last week a little bit more, but it's just it feels like it's the energy's winding down. I, I think until the bell rings on Sunday and it gets fired back up again, and those two five star wrestlers just get a hold of each other again. I yes, the the time in between sucks. But I think it's just as soon as they start getting hands on each other again, I'm, I'm all in on this feud. Yeah, I'm 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 officially putting it in that I'm worried. Uh oh, I'm officially worried. I think it might be time to pull the plug on this. Well, Daniel, we mentioned Daniel Bryan and Shelton Benjamin earlier. Again, we said that you know what's the point of it with no other than to show off these two technical wrestlers with each other. And they uh, had a couple of good technical moves. Yeah. I like the I like the uh, the interchange for the finish. You know, good technical wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Shelton after this, though. Like, what what's what's happening with Shelton? Is he just now basically Ty Dillinger only better in the ring? Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Good point. Uh, but back to Rusev and Samoa Joe. Boy, you talk about two dudes that can that just look scary. Yeah, and especially uh, by the way, Samoa Joe with the new haircut. Oh looks yeah, even more intimidating. Yep. If that were actually possible, I thought this was a great way to make him look like a killer, even though he lost. You know, Rusev did pick up the win because of some Miz interference, Miz being the ref. And then Miz does a skull-crushing finale to Samoa Joe there at the end, pulls a ladder out, climbs up, grabs the briefcase, does a big taunt, runs around with the briefcase, brings it down to the broadcast table, opens it up, and it's full of pancakes. And for some reason, New Day was in the back. For some reason, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods were inside the same shirt. But whatever, it's New Day. And, and, we come to expect that. And, and Biggie had a big bowl of like empty batter yes. and a big spatula. Yes. I, you know, where do you think those pancakes came from? Uh, Nick? I, well, not out of his singlet that time. Well, apparently, not, well, how do you know? I don't know that. Uh, but maybe he had just gotten done. They making had to them. get from that bowl to the to the briefcase somehow. And there's only one place to put them. <laughs> Down the singlet. Ew. You know what I'm talking about. Oh. But this was great because it did. It, it was another way to show that these guys hate each other and to give Rusev a win. He worked face for the first time in a long time. They gave him a win, and uh, you know it was a nice way Against to show them. Samoa know, Joe it was too. entertaining. You know that you don't have anything else to build. These guys are all going to be in a ladder match. Whoop de doo. They don't like each other. Whoop de doo. This was just a fun little way to have them all ricochet off of each other without really having to build anything else. It was entertaining. It was fun. Uh, it gave Rusev a nice look because he won. And that was that. That was that. Yeah. You know, that was what it was for. Well, hey, as it is every time we lead up to a pay-per-view, we now have to head over and do our pickums yes, for this money this, in the bank. As here we, we go. Okay, here we go. 
This is going to be a fun card to uh, to pick in fantasy book here. So uh, we're going to start things off with sh- with probably what is going to be the pre show match with the B team versus the Deleters of Worlds. Well, we're, spe- we're speculating that this is even happening. This might not even happen. On oh, they the haven't show. even officially booked this yet, right? No, this is this. I have got a question mark next to this. We don't know this is officially happening, but just in case it does, yeah. I want to get this on the books as to as to uh, who's saying who is going to win this. B team versus Deleters of Worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll let you go first. Who do oh, you got? Deleters of Worlds. Okay, so you think they're going to retain. Uh, again, this is one of those coin flip kind of matches where it just doesn't really matter. So I'm going to mark out for my boys Bo Dallas and Curtis oh, Axel and Lord. put some gold around their waist Cool, already, pick the B team. And I am already in the lead. Fantastic. Moving on, we've got to talk about Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass. Uh, Daniel Bryan got the last one, so I think this Big Cass gets this one. Really? Uh, to continue this feud. Yeah, I think they're just getting warmed up on this. I think this goes all the way to kind of a culmination at SummerSlam in the next couple of months. Ooh, you think this is going to run to SummerSlam? Keep, because what else is he going to do? Oh, no. Yeah, who else is Big Cass going to work with? Well, we have said that Daniel Bryan is basically going to be not working anything big until he signs a new contract, and his contract is up in September. So it, you could be right. He could be just stuck in this kind of crappy feud until then, but... Dear God, I hope he's not. I am. I am going to say D. D. Bry is picking this one up just to move on, find something else. Even if it's a feud with Shelton Benjamin, I don't care. Something, yeah, anything. Next up, we have uh, the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships uh, with the Bludgeon Brothers versus the Other Good Brothers. Yes, the the, the, the other good brothers, bros, the yes. Good Brothers, uh, who are having bad a, brothers versus the Good Brothers. The hel- <laughs> hilarious uh, Twitter war right now, where uh, uh, Harper asked if Carl uh, Anderson's hot Asian wife was going to be at the pay per view. Uh. To which Carl uh, uh, Anderson responded, uh, she's not. She's going to be home. But uh, we're wondering, are you the Bludgeon Brothers or are you still Bray's bitches? Oh, uh, so it's it's been it's been it's been fun. Uh, who you got here? Bludgeon I, Brothers. I already know you got Bludgeon Brothers. Come on. I don't see this. There's no way. This is this is. They've, I don't already, know. they've already said this is a pre-show match. They are not having this go down on the pre-show. Yeah, I can't lose this one. This is going to be Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah, uh, on, as much man. as I want Anderson and Gallows to have some gold, it's just not going to happen you, here yet. You spent that on the B team, bro. yeah. Uh, Bobby Lashley, Sami Zayn. Who gives a shit? Uh, uh, just, Can just I just pick one. I, uh, just pick one. Bobby Lashley. All right. Good. Good God. Because God, if Sami Zayn wins, we have to. This has to continue. Yeah. Oh, Bobby Lashley needs to overcome the big bean, bad Sami Zayn, and it's going to be just, a, a parade moment for, uh, for Bobby I, Lashley. Please, Vince, stop touching us inappropriately. Yes. This is just, I'm going to have scars from this for years. <laughs> uh, Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal. Who you got here? I'm so bored with Roman. Oh, sorry, Roman. I just I'm a little buddy up here. Didn't didn't mean to insult you. Uh, this one I've got. Oh, man, this is a this is a tough. You know, this is a tough one. It is. I could see Ginger pulling this off. I'm. You know what? He he came through for me at WrestleMania. I'm going with Ginger again. Holy smokes! I'm okay. going with Ginger again. I think this feud will continue. I think it will continue to build. I think the other Singh brother might come back or something, and some sort of kerfuffery will happen, and Ginger will pull this off, and this feud will continue. I think Roman's not taking it seriously enough yet. Roman Reigns. No, oh, yeah, smart. 
smart man, probably. Uh, Seth Rollins. Are you to use my stretch bed? <laughs> yeah, right. On a show that we don't even know if it's booked or not. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Elias for the Intercontinental Championship, sir. I like this feud. Uh, I like where it's going. I think it's got some more legs, but I think it's too soon. As hot as Seth Rollins is right now, there's no way they're taking that belt off of him. Rollins retains. I think we could get surprised here. I could. I, I think they could take it off him and have this go back and forth and Seth chasing all summer. But I could see that. Yeah, I. I'm agreeing with you. This title is not changing hands. Yeah, yeah we've got a couple of the titles. I, th- I I think will change hands. This is not the one. This needs to go to like one more step, one more level to get really intense. Right now, it's just a little too goofy. Yep. Uh, Carmella versus Asuka for the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. Do you see Carmella retaining? I against do. hundred percent. Carmella retaining, and I'm actually even going to go out on a limb. Uh, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot the moon here. Okay. Not only does she retain, but the chinless wizard himself, Ellsworth, shows back up to help her retain. What? Where are you getting that from? Yep. Oh goodness. Okay. Yeah, the, now, okay. He. I'm gonna. I'll go against you on that. He is not gonna show up. Okay. I'll take that prop bet. Uh, and I actually think they might pull the trigger here and put this belt on Oscar. So wow. I've already thrown my wow. card into disarray, so I'm going to call Asuka for the moonshot here. That, wow. Yep. Uh, well, I just won. All right, cool. <laughs> well, uh, you won but from the first pick. Let's true. be clear. That's true. If I'm going to dr- screw it up, I'm going to go down swinging. <laughs> oh, all right, Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey in a who-gives-a-shit match. Uh, Who do you got? Uh, I actually do give a shit here. Uh, I mm, This is a tough one because I could see them being insane – and putting the belt on Rousey, I have been saying for the last few weeks that I have this conspiracy theory that Natalia will win Money in the Bank, and then uh, when Rousey wins this match, she'll be champion for a hot second, and then Natalia will take it off her. That's that's my conspiracy theory, and I just don't know if I want to blow my picks on the conspiracy theory. <laughs> I've already done the Ellsworth. Um uh, I'm going to say that Rousey. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Rousey wins. I'm going to say Rousey wins. Yep. I think Ronda Rousey is taking this championship belt already. Yeah. I, just, just, there, I don't see her being handed her first loss in her first singles match. I don't. I can't just, see it. Her first singles match, they put the, the belt on her. And I, my main concern of that is what does it do to the morale of all the ladies backstage? But this is what That's I'm saying. What this, I'm is why I, this is why I'm like, they'll only put the belt on her if it's not doesn't stay on her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is why I had that, that like, well, maybe, maybe Natalia will win. I'll tell you right now, if Natalia wins the woman's money in the bank match, if that happens before the, the Naya and Rousey match, if Natalia wins. Remember this moment. because It's going down. That's mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Mm, no, um, I don't think it is. Cause she won on Tuesday. So, but, yeah. uh, or there's going to be some sort of something where, you know, Naya gets herself disqualified or something. The title doesn't change hands. You know what I mean? Or like, the, okay, here's here's a little something. So you're basically been, you're saying Ronda doesn't lose. Ronda does not lose. Ronda Ronda could. I'm just trying to think of ways out of this. You know what I mean? Like how do you how do you have Ronda go over but not win the belt? Ronda's going to win but not get the belt kind of thing. You know? And I've been thinking about the fact that they keep bringing up all the rules that are different between UFC and WWE. What if Ronda does a move that's quote illegal in the WWE and gets disqualified or something like that? That's interesting. You know what I mean? I, that's a stretch though it's a bit of a stretch for the wwe universe to get a to get around that i don't know I, I i just can't see her walking out of here i can't see her walking out of money in the bank 
with the belt. Me either. Stone Cold. You know it, what I mean? It's, it's it's so hard to pick this, but I can't see them handing her a loss. It's it's almost, She's got to have a clean do you win. Wanna, uh, let's do this. I'm going to say Rousey, uh, Rousey goes over, but does not leave Money in the Bank with the belt. Okay. Uh, so you want that to be your win loss if she does if she only wins by DQ or uh, some other non belt gathering yeah. thing. She so, somehow she goes over but doesn't get the belt. You okay. know whether whether it's winning and and Natalia takes it off of her or she gets just DQ'd or something or, or Nia DQ's herself something like that. I, I think Vince and Stephanie and even Hunter to an extent are so just in love with everything about Ronda Rousey the way that they have portrayed her since the Royal Rumble. I think they're just chomping at the bit to put this belt on her. Okay, so you're saying she walks out with it. Sacrifice everybody. I say that she's walking out with the title. Cool. Uh, Moving on, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. WWE Championship last man standing match. Mm. What do you got, buddy? The last one ended in the double count out, right? Two. Yeah. Three. I I can't do anymore. No, please don't do anymore. Um. Yeah, the dub- last one was double count out, which is the whole point that, uh, that we had of right. this was that they were. But you know, we've had last man standing matches and before with both people down. This is why I was like, why are we having this? But uh, they made it clear this time that there will be a winner. So cool. Who's going to be the winner, Nick? AJ Styles. Okay. Really? Yep. Mm. Yep. I-, I think so. I think if they're smart, if they're after all this time, they they gotta give it to Shinsuke because if they don't hear, he's ruined. I'm changing my. I'm picking Nakamura. Are you? I'm, I'm changing. <laughs> I just convinced Be- you. Because, no, it wasn't that you convinced me. It was more of a. You're right. You're making the right choice because of the way that they've booked this so far. AJ has had it forever. This feud, like I've been saying this whole year, this feud's going to go on forever. And in order for it to go on, it knock, they need to put the belt on Nakamura and give AJ a reason to fight back as a face. I, I, I think you're right. Or it have is Nakamura, Nakamura take the belt and be a heel champ against some other faces that come up against sure, him. You know, sure. whatever it is. But I, AJ's going to have that retaliatory just redemption tour of trying to get it back. Yeah. This will be, a, we'll have it again at SummerSlam. Whereas if AJ keeps it and the feud ends, Nakamura is he's knocked down. He's knocked down so many pegs by this, by losing this, especially with how in AJ's head he's been. Yeah. So yeah, if AJ wins, it blows off. If Nakamura wins, it just fuels the fire even more. So that's why I want to pick Nak. That throws me is that he just beat Jeff Hardy, and that's you know you don't usually stand tall before you go and win on a pay per view, but. I, we've been picking Nakamura all damn year, dude. He's got to come through for us at some point. Yeah, I think right? it's time. Right? Uh, women's Money in the Bank match. Here we go, man. The big ladder matches, the crazy ones. Who was winning the women's Money in the Bank? I called it a week or two ago. Uh, I think Lana is going to win this. Mm-hmm. I've seen a big push from WWE for yes, her. We, we got her in a happy Lana Day shirt. She's dropping the accent. They are reforming her character. I think Vince is in love with the... The, the blonde rest, the tall blondes, uh, you know, that's just Vince's thing. Well, could he buy her a better spray tan then? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I, I think Lana, and, it, and this could actually work out well because you're going to have Rusev Day walking around with as a faction with a Money in the Bank briefcase. Yep. Aiden English is still in their corner. It didn't end up breaking up like we thought they were going to do. So I disagree with you. I don't think Natty is walking out with this because of the things that happened on Tuesday. I, I think, and I've, I've stuck with this all along, Lana is going to win the Women's Money in the Bank match and uh, end up 
carrying that on and it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I think that you have a, a point there and I definitely think I would like to see Rusev Day walking around with this and possibly reigniting the uh, the interior feud of the Rusev Day faction sure. uh, because Lana will now have a lot more power in the faction by having the briefcase. I can't see her ultimately ever being the champ, which is the weird thing. You sure. know what I mean? I, but I, I do agree That's that exactly Vince, why I pick her. Vince left. Okay. <laughs> For the I, same reasons we picked Carmella la- or Carmella ended up see, winning it last year. Uh, yeah. I could see Alexa, uh, being, getting the briefcase. She would do really well at the briefcase. Um, I could even to some extent see Ember getting it, but usually I she's two face. I don't, soon. yeah, two face too soon. Uh, she could win it on her own as a face. You know, that's not what you give someone a briefcase. Yeah. Um, I do like the Alexa one though. That was I'll I'll say that was yeah. my second one. Kind of going where you were going with the Nia and Rousey thing. I could totally see Alexa winning the briefcase, coming into that match to congratulate and kind of reconcile her relationship with Nia, only to turn on her, hit her with the case, cash it in, and take the belt back. Yeah, Alexa could also work in that as as far as a cash in. Natalia, I think they've built more as being the 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 friend. Um, she's just got not good, and she's I don't. But she's at, not at there. Rate, I'm, I am picking Natalia here, but I'm just saying that I could see some. Other, I could see Alexa because they do love Alexa, and she's got nothing she's doing right now. Yeah. So that would give her something to do. Um, so I'm going to pick Natalia. Might not be the best choice, but I'm sticking with I'm sticking with my conspiracy. I'm sticking with it. Men's money in the bank match. Men's money in the bank. Mm. Braun Strowman, Bobby Roode, Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, Rusev, Samoa Joe, Miz. And one of the members of New Day, Biggie. It's it's going to be Biggie. It's going to be Biggie. We, we know that. We by agree. Now. We I, agree. There was a point where I thought it, it might be Xavier. Woods. It should be Kofi. It should be Kofi. I thought it should be Xavier. He's gotten like no shine off this in in this relationship. Oh, Other than Francesca, he's, he's gotten to win a couple of matches on on the on route to where they're at right sure, now. The last sure. like and within the last month, Kofi ain't done nothing for a long time. <laughs> and as far as in kayfabe, as we've said on the show already, they these guys always say they want Kofi to win the big one. They yeah. always are saying we love Kofi. He's our ben- mentor. In kayfabe, even. Yeah. Uh, so in kayfabe, it should be Kofi. They should be like, man, this is you, Kofi. Go get that briefcase. Bring that title home to New Day. But it's going to be Big E because that's who Vince loves the most. Right. Well, I went first on the women's, so I'll let you go first on the men's. Uh, who do you ooh. got? Damn, I wasn't ready. Uh, this is a tough one for me. I th- I'm, I'm, I want to say Kevin Owens. I want to say Kevin Owens because he would be such a good Mr. Money in the Bank. He's such a good Mr. Money in the Bank, but I don't know if he needs it. And the same with Miz. And those are the those are the, those are to be the two, like like most likely ones for me. Uh, Strowman should not have it. Rude is too much of a face to get it, and he would be it would be so vanilla if he got it. Yeah. Uh, unless you turn him heel. Uh, Finn Balor, same thing. It'd be way too vanilla. He's way too face. Rusev, I could see getting it. If Lana doesn't get it, I could see Rusev getting it, uh, but they've shown that they're not really behind Rusev, that they don't really want to push him. So it would come as a shock, a very pleasant shock, a very nice surprise if they went with Rusev, but I can't really see it. Joe is a monster. He's kind of like in the Braun Strowman camp where he's just he's a badass. He can go for the championship whenever he wants. Um, and Big E, or the, whatever New Day member it is, uh, I could see that happening with him. And then having it end up breaking up the new day because I think new day is going to break up in the next year. Okay, that's that's, that's my that's my guess. Um, so between Kevin Owens, Miz, and New Day member slash Big E, uh, I'm going to go Kevin Owens because okay. I'm just I'm I don't know I'm going to hate myself later for this. Kevin Owens, 
Uh, for me, this is one of the whole reasons that the Miz made the change over to SmackDown Live, in my opinion, was to put him on the same brand, uh, give him a break from that Intercontinental title reign and let Seth have it, and allow him to be on the same brand with the WWE Championship belt that he did once hold. Uh, he is a former Money in the Bank winner, uh, and I think that it, this all was strategic to get Miz over on SmackDown Live to get him the briefcase to be running around to go after and chase and be the little chihuahua nipping at either AJ's or Shinsuke's heels. All of that sounds fantastic to me, and I can't wait to spend the second half of 2018 with that. I'm, I don't think he's a quick cash-in, and I think he just milks it for all it's worth, leading to one of the major four pay-per-views where he does cash it in. I think The Miz is walking out of here. It's almost uh, like all of the guys... You just spent some time rattling them off. I won't regurgitate any of that. Of all of the guys here, the one that just jumps out at me as the perfect one is Miz. And you know, you make a really good point. I think that it it would... I mean, Miz would be a fantastic Mr. Money in the Bank again. Yeah, again. uh, Especially with with the kind of work he's been doing. Um, The other thing is, I think he's earned it. I think they're giving him a shot. Yeah. He did so well with the Intercontinental title for so long. Yes. And he has been doing such great work for the last two or three years. Absolutely. Yeah. G- give that guy his shot. I think it's a really strong argument for Miz. Uh, that being said, I'm going to change my pick. Not to Miz, though, because I don't want to pick the same thing as you because that would be unfair after the really nice argu- you. Ar- argument you made about that. But uh, I'm actually going to change it to Big E. Mm. And the reason is, is because as I look at my picks, the briefcases aren't going to the same brand. They're splitting the brands. Correct. One is going to be Raw. One is going to be SmackDown. Correct. Um, and I had Natalia on Raw. So to keep it consistent, I got to pick a SmackDown person. You pick Miz. I'm going to pick Big E. Okay. I'm going way out on a limb with that, but I'm picking Big E. Well, as a little as a little prop bet here, is there any way that both briefcases go to the same show? I say no. No? I say no. Yeah. Well, we can't do a prop bet then because I say <laughs> no too. I thought you might. I thought you might jump in there and say hell yeah. no. Uh, I think there, that unless, would be an interesting prospect. But unless one of them gets cashed in that that night, so that I think not it would be hilarious if Rusev and Lana got both of them and they just really made a thing about that. But this, it's too far. That'd, it's too much. That'd be too much. Yeah. That'd be way too much. Uh, that being said, there is too much to talk about over on uh, in the rest of the world, and there's so much else going on. Whether it's NXT or Fire 205 God. or New Japan, or we got to talk about a ton of stuff. But to do that, we got to go talk about the wide world of wrestling. Kicking things off in NXT as we do, we open the show. There was a lot of video packages in this show, by this the was, way. Yeah, this was an NXT build show yeah. for their pay-per-view. There almost nothing of importance happened on this show. A couple of matches got made. There I don't was, know about that. There was I'm not going to go that far. There was a, what? It's true. There was a really badass match between Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunne. There was a so-so match between EC3 and Cassius Ono. And then uh, you had a squash between Belanca Belair and Aaliyah. And and then you had a match between Bianca and uh, and uh, Team Kick Dakota Dakota Kai get set up for next week. That and then there was a squash match between the Wall Waiters and a couple of jobbers. War Machine. Wall Waiters. Uh, and and they, and they and called out the they mighty, out the, the mighty sixty one mighty. I, I don't know what to call them anymore. Like who knows what the mighty is? They're called the mighty. The mighty don't kneel. That was their indie name. Okay, They're called the mighty now. Okay. Get over it. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, the rest of the show was just promos for TakeOver. and, and Some badass video really, packages. I mean, really good but video That one packages. with Chomp and Gargano. I mean, oh. they just keep... 
So here's the thing. I made the comment Nikki, while we were watching the, the, this. Yeah. That if you if you were if you have not been watching listeners, if you've not been watching NXT because you you feel like you might be behind on the stories, there was a video package in this that was about I think five to eight minutes long. That was a total catch up of like the last three four months of NXT and everything you needed to know to go into Saturday. Uh, the, all of the feuds they laid them all out for yep. you, deleting to all of the matches. The Champa Gargano one was a masterpiece. Oh. The the Baszler and Nikki Cross one was really entertaining as well. They did a good job of showing this long this long form storytelling that they've been doing with that as far as Shayna um, getting into other people's heads yep. and then Nikki getting into hers. Yep, uh, they did a great job with that. Uh, you know, the only one that they didn't really have one for Ricochet and Velveteen Dream, which Don't I was sad it. about. Um, they had a little bit of physicality at the end of the show between Alistair Black and Lars Sullivan. Where a little bit. Well, he, well, he gave him the freak accident three times. And then he, he laid him out on the announce table and posed over yeah, him. As yeah. if it were some kind of pulpit. And he was, you know, oh, God. Yeah, Lars, Lars Sullivan definitely went into the show standing, the hell uh, out. standing <laughs> as, about as tall as you can stand. He just yeah. destroyed Alistair Black. Um, but, but it was a, I call it a little bit of physicality cause he destroyed him. It was over very quickly. Yes. Uh, but that being said, most of the show was his promos. And, but we have to say, we have to call out the fact that the Kyle O'Reilly Pete Dunn match was a freaking barn burner. Yes. And I oh think when they were, when they God, first rang the good. bell and they were dancing around each other, uh, I remember making the comment, this is going to be a technical masterpiece. And it was. Uh, oh, holy smokes. It was. It's, it, it's as if you watch any match this week that you haven't seen yet. Yeah. Go watch Pete Dunn versus Kyle O'Reilly on I, NXT. I love it when professional wrestling matches make me almost think they could be real combat. Yes. And this felt like that. Yep. This felt like two dudes who could actually be fighting. I, it felt like a UFC match at a certain, at certain point. points. Yeah. They were both was, doing this jujitsu shit to each other. Oh, man. Uh, it's so good. It was, yeah. I don't know how they're going to top it on Saturday, <sighs> but it makes me know. excited for it. Speaking of Saturday, uh, we have NXT Chicago take NXT to take over Chicago two. You got this, buddy. We, we are one year removed from the anniversary of the, the DIY breakup. breakup, and it is still going as we called it all year, all year last year. Oh, oh man! But Dar- the big news: Gargano is going to the dark side, dude. He's. Uh, I don't know yet. I don't know. He's I don't so know. angry. He's so fired up. The big news, breaking news as of today. Unfortunately, Mauro Ronaldo uh, double booked to call. I can't remember what, who the competitors were. A, a match on Showtime Boxing on Saturday night, so he will not be calling the match on uh, at NXT Takeover Chicago. Yep, yep. So we will have Percy, um, Nigel, and, and Vic Joseph, and Vic Joseph from Two Hundred Five Live, yeah. who I actually really enjoy. Yeah, no, he's a very good, very good guy. Yes. I. I I mean, there's no replacing Mauro Ronaldo. No. What an incredible human being. What an incredible talent. Um, and and I don't know if you have, uh, if you've seen the, uh, the new documentary he has out about him, uh, Bipolar Rock and Roller, but this, how brave this guy was to let these cameras follow him into these moments and, you know, really get that out there, uh, what his life is like with with the mental stuff that he has to deal with uh absolutely incredible yeah and and nothing but love and respect for Mauro Ronaldo uh and I'm going to miss him desperately as much as I, Vic Joseph is going to be a good replacement man I'm going to miss Mauro Ronaldo especially that keyhole cam they have on the announcers the, oh, yeah. the, the last takeover where they just had the they had like a 5 minute cut together of all of like Mauro's biggest moments He's just f- jumping up and down <laughs> and frothing at the mouth. Headset almost coming off. Papers flying everywhere. Oh, it's a. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna miss you, Morrow. 
I'm going to oh, miss man. you. Come back quickly. Well, hey, we've, let's go through and do our picks uh, real quick. Uh, we're gonna we'll go down the list and just say Ricoch- Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream. Who do you got? Oh my God, I don't want either of these guys to lose. Uh, I've got a Ricochet though. I don't. They did not bring Ricochet in to lose. They no. did. And uh, if there's one thing that Velveteen has shown, it is that that he can get over when he doesn't go over. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean. He can still look strong in defeat by yeah. putting other people. It's very. It's a very strong position to to work from. Uh, and I think it's it's kind of an honorable position to work from when you can be when you're that good that you can lose and still be over as he is with uh, the crowd. Jesus. It, it's one of those things like Cassius Ono is a good example of this, or you know, just somebody that that can be that over with the crowd and still lose every now and then. Absolutely, Ricochet does, does win nothing this. does nothing but lose, but still is just more massively over after every match. Yeah, and and this is going to be an absolute barn burner. Uh, people were worried because Ricochet apparently. Uh, allegedly got injured on on uh, on the tour before this, um, but apparently, you know, it was the, what it came out was that he he tweaked himself a little bit, and they had to miss a show. People thought that he missed the show because of actual injury. Yeah, and Triple H came out and said, "No, no, no, he's a thoroughbred. Sometimes you yeah. got to pull the reins in on him a little bit and tell him calm down." And that's basically what that was. Um, that being said, they used those tours to train, like kind of get you know practice the matches. Yep. If they're doing that kind of insane shit that they're telling us is happening on those tours, they do that at, at this takeover. Oh, man. Are we gonna I, think, be... I think we're in for a treat regardless of what happens. Oh, no doubt. Uh, next up, we got the uh, NXT Tag Championships with the Undisputed Era, uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Roboteric Strong. Or he's not Roboteric anymore. He's no, you Roderick. like him now. He, he's heel Roderick, yes. not there face Roboteric. Uh, phasing yeah. off against uh, Danny Burch, Orny Lorkin, and Pete Dunn. UK uh, champ Pete Dunn, who's yes. had an incredibly long reign that no one's talking about, and he's probably going to lose it at the UK tournament yeah. because it's just someone else has got to have that. Exactly. Um, I, uh, this is a tough one. I, th- I think Undisputed Era is going to retain yeah. for two reasons. One, because uh, the Burch, Lorkin, and Dunn stood tall at the end of NXT, and I, that's pretty much always a signifier. Yeah. Uh, but also cause they're not losing any belts. No gold is coming off of UE right now. They're going to win somehow. Uh, and I suspect it's going to be either Birch or Lorkin that gets pinned. Yeah. So. Uh, undisputed error for me. Uh, you, you nailed it all. It's there's no, there's no, <laughs> there's really no disputing this. Uh, it's next undisputed. That's undisputed. great. That's, yes, that's hilarious. Uh, Shayna Baszler facing off against Nikki cross for the women's championship. Uh, who do you got here? Shayna, Shayna all day long. She's not losing this belt just yet. Not to Nikki. Uh, I actually have a suspicion that Nikki will lose this match, but look strong in defeat and then show up with sanity uh, later on. Uh, I think that's one reason they've been holding sanity back was they know that, that, that Nikki is a part of it. And uh, they wanted to give her a little shine in NXT, make her look like something, because she wasn't really doing anything for a while there. They didn't have a place for her. I think they might be shining her up a little bit before sending uh, her along with uh, her boys in Sanity. I hope this is the case. I, this is, this is a, a rumor and speculation. I, I really hope I'm right about that, because that would be preferable. <laughs> Folks, this is what happens when you do a podcast with someone for over a year. You get into each other's heads. <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. I was saving it until this part, but you beat me to it. I think Nikki Cross looks really strong in defeat here, but Shayna does retain. It's too soon to take it off of her, but I think we get a some sort of sanity debut interference at Money in the Bank, and I think Nikki Cross is going to join them. I think this is going to be an interesting debut for Sanity showing up at Money in the Bank. I really hope so. Yep. Um, all right, Alistair Black versus Lars Sullivan. You going to take your boy on this one? Of course. Oh! Of course. 
Of course. Even though in my heart of hearts, I know that it's not true. It can't happen because they're not going to take it off Alistair. But nope. there's part of me going, I, God, he destroyed Alistair Black. Yeah. But Alistair's going to find some kind of... You're letting them striker, swerve you. Striker you just don't fight. care. I know. I don't care. You Lars Sullivan. Care. I love Lars Sullivan. God, can you imagine I, Lars Sullivan facing Braun Strowman for a I championship no one problem. day? I have no problem. Yes, and it's going to be awesome. Oh. I have no problem winning this takeover pickums because of your markery. That's I have fine. no problem with that whatsoever. That's fine. Gargano. Who won, who, who won WrestleMania legit again? Uh, one time. This Congra- guy? You won one pay-per-view. When Congratulations. It when it matters. Oh, when, <laughs> that's, all right, good point there. It was when it mattered. Yeah. Gargano versus Ciampa in a Chicago street fight, whatever that means. Who, who cares? I, I don't care. <laughs> just, just give me the match. It's going to be a war. Oh, this is going to be devastation. Um, I, I, it's a coin flip, actually. The more I think about it, really, I think. Well, here's my take. My takeaway from the things that have had transpired over the last week or two. Gargano is going to get too ahead of himself, too much in his head, almost like AJ Styles has been doing the last couple of weeks with Nakamura. I think Ciampa is going to get this win. Um, and I, I think it's just going to continue to embroil this feud. And much like the AJ and Knock feud, this is going to go on far much longer. This is going to go all the way to Brooklyn this summer. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Ciampa. It's Ciampa's turn, and it's going to be because Gargano just got ahead of himself. He's feuding with his wife now. Yeah. He just he's kind of he's embroiled in tunnel vision, and it, that's going to make him lose. Exactly. As I said, he's going he's going to the dark side a yeah. little bit too much. I think that he needs to get broken down, beaten by Ciampa here, and then be built back up into a babyface for. Brooklyn, you know, a redemption story, if you will. Like, that's what this needs. It needs a redemption. And if he wins now, it proves all his worst instincts right, all Gargano's worst instincts right, right? Do something crazy and stupid that your wife doesn't want you to do and and, and just throw her to the side in your, you know, quest for revenge. Uh, if you have him win here, then that um, that says that's okay. Yeah. And that and that's the story you're telling. And I don't think that's the story that they want to tell with no. this. I think that they're going to come back around and have Gargano just get his ass beat here and uh, and have Ciampa win and lord that over him and just be an even bigger dick for the next few months. And we'll see another chapter of this at Brooklyn where, you know, the big stuff tends to go down. Is it so. possible they double turn these two with Gargano doing something like crazy oh. vicious? What? Oh, yeah. Ciampa is so close to being a face. <laughs> Yeah, you could totally turn Ciampa. Get out of no, here. No, no, I'm just kidding. Get Don't, out of no. here. Good God. This is so good. I, I just I want to watch this every week. Yeah. It, this is like tuning into my favorite soap opera, this feud. <laughs> it is, it's, it's my stories. It's just so good. It's, it's so my good. stories. All right, man. We're going to talk really quickly about 205 Live. It was not a huge week this week over on the old uh, cruiserweight division, but still some fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, Lucha House Party. We had a three-on-three match. Uh, they defeated uh, Drew Gulak. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Brian Kendrick and gentleman Jack Gallagher. Uh, Lindsay Dorado got a roll up on Kendrick. It was just a you know, fun match to watch is what you'd expect. Kind of been the start of 205 Live for the last month or so. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the official like mid card, like lower yeah. card. Uh, you had Akira Tozawa come out and squash a dude. Uh, TJP is still bitching about who doesn't get any competition, which means they're still having a holding pattern on him until he gets into an actual feud. I'm curious who they're going to have him feud with. Uh, and then our mm. big match of the week was Mustafa Ali versus Tony Nese. Tony Nese has been aligning himself with Buddy Murphy. So this was kind of a continuation of that top of the card feud involving Mustafa Ali, Buddy Murphy, and Cedric Alexander. And last week we had Hideo Itami get involved yes. with the Buddy Murphy and Ali match, which led to a whole like 
quick churn of the story at the end of this show. Yeah, we we didn't see a Tommy this week. We saw him in a in a in a quick promo, like a selfie promo, because he was banned from the show because of his actions last week. Because Drake Maverick, who is a fantastic GM and a great character, like the way that they're building him as a strong face GM, the guy who does not take crap lightly, doesn't like it when heels pull heels shit. And he sent him home and said to Tommy, he's not going to be here this week because of this crap he pulled last week. We like actual competition here. But I wonder if he was just out getting that flap removed from his armpit. Oh, Jesus. Uh, uh, Tommy's. Uh, uh, yeah. Once you uh, see the, the, okay. the, the surgery botch. Listeners, you left, can't unsee it. His left armpit, his surgery <laughs> botch. Is just, once you see it, he's like a flying squirrel. He's got a bat wing. I, oh, 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 oh. Um, <laughs> that being said, I wouldn't say it to his face. He'd kick my head off. No, but yeah. uh, um, I love how authoritative Maverick is. It's great. But next week, he made a match because of the request of Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali, who beat Tony Nese this week. Uh, he's going to give us uh, he's going to give us a three way next week. We're going to have Adeo Tommy, Mustafa Ali, and Buddy Murphy. That's a pay per view quality match, and we're going to have that next week. Cannot wait. Taped after SmackDown Live. You know, just, <laughs> why, why throw it away? Yeah, if, you go, if you go to a SmackDown Live show, stick around afterwards and cheer for these guys yes. because, my God, they do, they do good work on the show. All right, Ian, well, it's time. It's, it's finally time to talk about Dominion. Oh, my goodness. So this is, the, this is the other, besides Wrestle Kingdom in January, this is the other, this is the second big, big pay-per-view the that year. they have of the, uh, of the year for yep. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, I would almost say... G one is kind of right there with Dominion, but well, that's a know. whole that's a whole tournament. I sure, we had the, the Super Junior tournament, and now we're gonna have G one next, which is the right. heavyweight. But yes, we had Dominion, and if you did not watch this show, you missed out. I mean, New Japan does do a lot of like kind of I'm not gonna say meaningless tag matches, but less meaning to them. They're they're a little bit of story churning, but not a whole lot really. Like you could watch the top three matches of the show and really get yeah. about eighty percent of what you need to see in the show. And that's largely largely because the top three matches were all three absolute classics. Yes. Just I mean you had uh Will Ospreay versus Hiromu Takahashi, which was absolutely freaking insane insane from start i mean they started off with will osprey doing like a 20 foot leap off of the ramp and doing a flip at hiromu takahashi i i literally the last time i could i i openly exclaimed at a match i can't even remember that i i stood up and openly was like holy shit i don't do that often and I did that for this match. I, I heard, think, think Callis and uh, the other guys even lost their shit as well. Oh, like, just, Jesus Christ. You not. It's, it's absolutely insane. And they weren't done there. It was a great technical match. It was a great. It was a well-told story. People have often said that Will Ospreay is a spot monkey. He may do a lot of spots, but he can tell a story while doing those spots. That's why he's getting so good. But he did drop the belt to Hiromu here. Hiromu, a year after losing it to Kushida at the same event, picks Mr. Belto back up along with his title for the best of super juniors, his one winged title, for the best of super juniors. He is now your junior heavyweight champion. Noticeably absent was Daryl. Well, Daryl was actually, he was the support uh, animal after he lost Mr. Belto. Yeah. That's so, true. Uh, mm, that's this true. Is, so, so now, no need for, so now that know. he's got his belt back, he can just kick Daryl to the side. I mean, I, I noticed Daryl had some of his relatives in the crowd, in the audience watching, yes. cheering on Takahashi. So, 
I was just I wanted to see Daryl, but you know it's it's a shame that Hiromu's just going to chuck him to the side now that he's got Mister Belter. I back. think we're so trained by the gimmickry of WWE that we assume that he always has to have Daryl with him to be. Yeah. To, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you you become invested. You know, you you want to see Daryl supporting Hiromu. So. Yeah, it's hard to not be invested with Daryl after Bad Luck Fale rips his guts out. Oh. You know that was so tragic. Oh, but God. Uh, but no, that was but that was the thing. Hiromu won, and that was one of only two matches where Japanese won. Every other match was won by Gaijins, which is a big deal. It's I, I don't think it's ever happened that this many Gaijins have won, and this many Gaijins have won titles. Uh, in the never open weight, you had uh, Hiroki Goto versus uh, Taichi versus Michael Elgin, and Elgin won, which I did not see coming. No. And he's Canadian, and he picked up the never... He's the first Canadian to ever open the, hold the never open weight belt. I think he might be the first Gaijin to hold it. Um, homework assignment for you has there ever been a time where all of the belts changed hands in one pay-per-view like this um not that i can think of but not all the belts changed hands which one did the junior uh tag champs the junior uh belts did not the junior tag belts did not i thought the young bucks took that uh no that's the heavyweight tag oh i'm sorry the heavy okay heavyweight tag belts taken by the young bucks they beat evil and sonata which we, we called them to do um young Bucks. i think it was time for evil and sonata to move on especially because in one of our main events, which was Jericho versus Naito for the Intercontinental Belt, Jericho won. Which Clockwork we are Jericho. gonna we are gonna spend some time discussing because this is madness on so many levels. Um, Chris Jericho just won the New Japan Intercontinental Belt, and the only reason that's not in our big news is because Omega beat Okada. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, that would be our our big news. But I think that Evil and Sonata lost the tag belts because now Evil, after after uh, Jericho beat the crap out of Naito, he beat him up. First of all, the match was just a a, a, a street fight, basically. Yeah. And uh, after you talk, the match, you're talking about Jericho Naito. Yeah. Well, and then, before the bell rang, the best parts of the match were before the bell ever rang. But <laughs> Jericho just Jericho throwing, just destroyed his ass just, for ten just minutes, toss him around, still yeah. in his in his nice suit. He, I mean, he was busted open before he got out of his into his ring gear, out of his <laughs> suit. Um, and it was a hard hitting match after that too. But then Jericho <laughs> wins. And then continues to beat up Naito until Evil comes out for the save and chases Jericho off. And Jericho's sitting there going, who the hell are you? <laughs> well, I think he's going to find out. I think we're going to see a, a, a future feud between Evil and Jericho. And I think that'd be a good feud, actually, because Evil is we, he's really underrated. Yeah, he is. He's really good. Um, so I would love to see that feud going forward. He almost died last year in the G1. Jesus but, Christ, oh that was a hard hit. But um, yeah, but here's the thing. Okay, let's stop for a second. We've we've talked about all kind of like a lot of the big stuff here, uh, Okada and all the rest of it. Um, we got to talk about Jericho holding the IC belt because uh, there's a, a a couple of different aspects to this. One, Jericho does is not working that often in New Japan. And right. There's speculation he might not even be back to do a match until October. So your IC belt's gone for that long. Now it's not uncommon to have long title reigns in New Japan. That's fine. But to have a belt just be completely absent is very unlike that. Yeah. Um, I think we talked last week about how many, just how many times during his long reign, Okada actually defended the championship. And, it was and pretty now, regular, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, for it, is Jericho pulling a Brock Lesnar here and just kind of going absentee until I, they're, they book him? It's hard to say. And Jericho is really good at uh, muddying the water, if you will, um, otherwise known as lying, and, you know, <laughs> trying to work people. Um, it's how this whole feud came around as him saying he's done with new Japan. He's never going back there. And all of a sudden he shows up and attacks Naito. So, but one thing that he has been very clear about is he won't 
work in the U.S. because he doesn't want to piss off Vince. He would see it makes sense. You know what I mean? Vince would see it as a slap in the face. Now, and he's, he said that in interviews, we actually had one put up in our, our, our discussion group. Um, and I, I don't have it in front of me who put that up, but thank you to Derek, whoever did that. Derek was, Gator, was it, was Gator, it, my Gator guy? Was it Derek? Gator guy McCray. I don't remember it being Derek, but um, at any rate, uh, it got put up on our group. And, uh, you know, the, the question was, you know, what does this mean? Is, Jer- is this Jericho saying that he's not going to, you know, he's not going to have it in the States? And if so, why? And basically, no, he's, if he thinks Vince is going to be offended by it, he doesn't want to piss off the guy who's, you know, at the end of the day, made him the most money and is going to make him right. the most money. Um, he still has respect for him. And you're right. It was, it was Derek, but, um, yeah, he's not going to, he's not going to piss off Vince. Um, and unless now here's the only thing is he can say that till he's blue in the face. We don't know what he and Vince are saying to each other behind closed doors. Yeah. So could Jericho show up at the G one? Could he defend it? Uh, in, uh, in other places, if he goes and gets Vince's blessing first. Yeah. There's rumors of WWE talking to new Japan about exchanging talent. We could see like a dream match, like Tanahashi and Cena. Or okay, how many like of them are in WWE Naito right and now. Daniel Bryan. Right, Ex- you know what I mean. Japan people. We we could we could be seeing some of these big crossovers if that's the case. Jericho might have been the first salvo that he might be creating those bridges, and we could see him with Vince's blessing show up over here now because you you can't take Jericho at his word. You can't. I just had a thought, and I've, I've I, you'll have to excuse me, listeners. I, AJ Styles versus Kenny Omega one day. I, I just I kind of just lost my shit internally. Yeah. Oh my God! If that's possible, uh, well, right, and uh, I mean, especially if they kind of take the gloves off of them, right? <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's a very strange decision to put the IC belt on Jericho. I, as I said on the last show, I didn't like it being on Naito because Naito has openly said before he hates the belt, the Intercontinental belt. Right. It's beneath him, um, so it didn't make any sense for him to have it, and it, it was telling uh, when they took it off Minoru Suzuki so quickly. And had a kind of a, a lesser show that they had something in mind. Um, putting it on Jericho was not what I expected. No. So that's to be determined. To I be guess. determined. And it's one of those things where we can speculate all day long. Um, you know, Meltzer's saying he doesn't think Jericho will wrestle till October. Uh, I'm sitting here looking at Jericho running his mouth about, you know, you know I, I'm not going to piss on Vince's shoe. And I'm thinking, yeah, unless you ask Vince first, and he might let you. So. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. He um, has openly said he's not going to be a part of All In with Cody uh, and the Young Bucks. So, uh, well, I, I think is uh, he said it this? in that interview that Derek posted. He explicitly said, uh, "Look, I'm not going to be a part of All In because I don't want to. I don't want to piss off Vince. I yeah. don't want to bring. I don't want to bring a, a, as a title holder. I don't want to bring that to U.S. soil. So I'm not going to be a part. I'm not going to be at the Cow Palace. Right. I'm not going to be at All In. Right. So, so I, I I believe him more about All In than the Cow Palace. I'll put oh, it that okay. way. I think that if he was if he's under New Japan's umbrella, it's going to be less offensive than if he's under Cody's umbrella. That's a good saying. point. Yeah, that's a good point. So, very good point. Yeah, but uh, we, I'm very curious to see. I think I think that this is one place where we could probably take Jericho at his word, but you really can never take Jericho at his word. The other question that we had um, before we get into the listener questions proper was uh, what's next for Naito, uh, Aaron Collier, or Collier? Excuse me, sorry, brother. Uh, asked what what do you what what's next for Naito? What's Naito going to do now? He seems like his stock has been dropping. It looked like he was going to take the belt at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, he was being built up for it. You know, he won the G one last year. It looks like he was going places, and then he loses that belt. Uh, he loses the Intercontinental belt to Jericho. It's like where does he go now? What does he do? Um, 
I would not be too worried about Naito, despite no. what it sounded like at this at Dominion. He's not well liked in in Osaka, so don't look at that. He is still one of the most popular guys in New Japan. They're not going to drop him. I, I expect him to have another successful G one this summer. Not maybe not a win, but he'll go far. He's going to have a good tournament. And I, I'll have a better idea and be able to answer that question better, at least from my perspective, after the G1 to see how he performs yeah. there. But we got three, four months, really, before we get to that point, right? Yeah, I could see even Okada going all the way in the G1 this That's year a as, as, a way cool. to, as a way to come down off of being the champ for two freaking years. Um, and you know, and what Okada does next is going to be very interesting as well. Does he fall back into the chaos stable and become a leader again uh, and, and really kind of help guide that stable and, and become a little more part of it? Or does he strike out on his own? You know, he's had a long he's had a long story of getting where he got. This is the end of a massive chapter for him. So it's his path is it's wide end of a massive open. chapter for New Japan. It is as a it whole. is, and it. But you know, he has so many places he could go now. It it really is difficult to speculate because yeah. there's so many different ways they could handle the Okada situation right now. And I, I think kind of the same with Naito. He's falling again you know his whole naito's career has been a whole bunch of rising and falling okada's has been kind of a straight trajectory upwards for the most part yeah um and i think that naito's journey is going to be a little bit i'm not worried about him losing these matches no. that way but i am very curious what they're going to do with okada next because it could be freaking just about anything That's i don't true. think he's, i don't think he's going to rematch with, with kenny anytime soon um no it, it, i mean how no. do you how do you continue how do you continue? Well, it's that interesting feud. you said that because for me, I mean, of the this match, while it was absolutely spectacular, it wasn't. I'm still going to go back to the G1 match is probably my favorite of the four of their matches, um, but it was still fantastic. But the most interesting part for me happened after the victory and after the celebration and yes. after he gave his speech. I think we need to spend a minute talking about. Uh, you had uh, Nick and Matt come down, the Young Bucks come down yes. to congratulate and kind of reconcile. The uh, the elite, the Bullet Club elite, uh, and just it was kind of an awkward moment. You didn't know what was going to happen there because they're standing right outside the ring while after he's given his speech, and they come up and there was this pause, and then they just embraced. Mm -hmm. Great, I, I sportsmanship, love this kind of stuff. You guys know me by this point. And then to make it even more awkward, Cody Cody walks out from the back, halfway down the ramp, stops, and is looking at them while they're embracing turns around and walks back out and i'm sitting there going foreshadowing yeah but of what is the i thing. don't know now, here's but the i'm into it so they formed the golden elite yes. right which is which in is, the press conference afterwards. yes uh so that's almost like a new faction i don't know if it's official yet but it's kind of a new faction bullet club is now its own thing you got a bunch of guys over there and the golden elite is now its own thing I could even see Okada joining the Golden Elite, maybe ditching Chaos. What? That's, that's a long shot. What? That's, 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 that's oh. me completely spitballing. Don't take me seriously on that. But that would be really cool. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, but that being said, so now they have their whole new faction. And it's really going to be curious to see if this faction starts feuding with, continues to, to feud with Bullet Club, or if they go on to become a larger faction, take on new members, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, there's... a. We are at a major turning point now in New Japan, and they've been killing it for two years yeah. now. So, I mean, I am I am all in on where they're going to go next. But that being said, one thing you said to me this week is you have a hard time keeping up on it. I, I do, and it was like first of all, it was a six hour pay per view. Uh, I mean, if you when you first turned the thing on, it was like five hours and forty minutes, and I just went, oh my god. <laughs> 
I, I don't have <laughs> six hours. I mean, it's, I, I had to go through it in like three sittings. I even skipped, uh, fast forwarded through like at two X just to watch whatever happened in the outcome. Yeah, you could you could skip the, the Yoshihashi J White right. match. Yeah, uh, the show and yo the show and yo match was oh, that the other one. Yeah, don't skip that one. That okay. one's actually. Really I, I might good. need to go back and watch that one, but. Uh, I wanted to see the big three matches, and this was Osprey and Hiromu, and yeah. Naito and Jericho, and Okada Omega. Yeah, and if you're and if you're not into New Japan, those are the three to go watch. Yeah. You don't you don't need to know a ton of history of those. It's just good matches. It's a damn good wrestling matches. Yeah. And so in a way, it feels more like an exhibition than an overall event. Like into each of the matches individually feel like a thing rather than the pay per view being an event. And I, I, that's where I haven't gotten past yet because i I've, I've been watching wwe for 30 years and it's just a matter of like i expect there to be a little bit of spectacle and dramatization between the matches or you know surrounding the pay-per-view as a whole and you really don't get that it's rude to stand up and cheer in new japan you don't get a lot of like chanting other than the naito girl squeals every now and then <laughs> which they were there in full force this weekend so uh, not as full force it's, it was osaka you're lucky it was osaka well no they i said they were never they were there in full never mind <laughs> they were there they just weren't they weren't as bad as it could have been <laughs> uh but that's really that's my only issue with it is the technicality and the proficiency of the mat wrestling the best in the world absolutely um, I still find some of the hits uncomfortable. I think that's something that our friend, the friend of the show, Jared and I, one of my longtime buddies, share in a, as a sentiment. When you see su- the the twenty seventh time Suzuki forearm shots um, Ishii Ishi. in the head, uh, and then they start headbutting each other, I just I literally I start getting uncomfortable. That Ishi Minoru Suzuki match was this, the tag match was great. Yeah. I, I could. Well, what happened after the match was even better. Yeah, where they're just they're they're sword fighting with chairs and and running at each other and beating the crap out of each other. I just I would love to get that them to get a proper feud. Oh, God. going uh, again. Somebody would. Again. That would be the ultimate. Somebody might die. It already kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Minoru Suzuki is about to turn fifty. By the way, you know, happy, by the way, almost happy oh. birthday to him. But um, but yeah, no, I and I get it. Like, you, it, it some of the things are are a little bit off-putting especially if you are conditioned to wwe it's a very different style even their storytelling is very different especially the storytelling is very different in how you have to keep up on what exactly is going on you have to follow press conferences sometimes you have to watch the lesser shows because of interactions that happen during tag matches that you know that tell you it's in the details these little details of the story that happen yeah Sometimes they even do things on like with the with the elite, where you, if you don't watch the being the elite show on YouTube, you don't know what the story is. So it is a completely different presentation, and I get that. and And it's not going to be for everybody, especially if you've been raised on WWE. and the, And the really the easiest metaphor to make is if you've been raised on Hollywood blockbusters, it's hard to then go and watch a Truffaut film. You know what I mean? Like if you can watch the seventh seal, but if you're so used to the transformers, you're going to be dying watching that thing. Yeah. You know, so or 2001 or something like that. You yeah. yeah. 2001 is a great example yeah. too. Um, you know, if you watch that film, it's incredibly well made. And even if, even if you're uh, someone who's, who's used to blockbusters, you can watch that film and go, wow, this is a really good film. I just, it's boring me to tears. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on. I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. And okay, great. Glad I saw it. I'm going to go back and, and, you know, watch another Avengers movie. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's the disparity there. And, uh, and that's, that's nothing good nor bad on either side of that. Like if you just want to watch the big blockbusters, that's fine. If you want to watch an art house film, that's fine too. Um, and, and it's all personal choice. It's, you know, I I think a good way to sum this up for me, based on what you were just saying is I really appreciate the spectacle. That is 2001, a space odyssey. 
it's just not a lot of fun. It's not what you're going to put on on a Saturday night when you want, sit, want to sit down right. with a pizza. Right. So yeah. that's that's and that's when I put on money in the bank, right? Because I know that there's going to be some crazy, goofy shit happening and all that stuff. But if I want to see some professional wrestling, like proper mat wrestling, I'm either watching the Brits or the New Japan promotion. Absolutely. So, Man, it's that's where my struggle is with it. I, I want to be more excited about it. I want to be more like into the storylines. I just haven't gotten to that point of investment. Yet. But you know what? It's a great thing. Is kind of like like when Oscar season rolls around and like, oh, these are the films that were really, really quote unquote, you know, well made this year. This this is like the best cinematography film. You know what I mean? Like, okay, now you have a pointer. Okay, that's kind of like when one of these big shows come along. Dominion comes along, right? Okay, Hiroma versus Osprey. We know that's going to be an amazing match period right right it's kind of like being directed towards one of those matches as opposed to having to watch all of them all year long and to just to get those one or two really 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 good ones right right so it can be kind of like that for someone who doesn't follow it all the time where you pick and choose which of these art house oscar oscar bait films you watch and then the rest of the time you watch avengers yeah you know and that's and that's fine. you kind of just described me right there <laughs> wait well, hey, let's get to some listener questions uh we want to start things off with andrea been very active in the group uh nice always love seeing you around andrea uh number one would it benefit roman reigns to get rid of the superman punch or vary it in some way Ian, take it away. Um, I no, I don't think uh, of all the things <laughs> that would benefit Reigns. I don't think the Superman punch is something that needs to be changed or altered. I think it's no. it is ba- it's basically it is what it is. It's like Hogan's leg drop, where it's established that's just part of who he is. And if there's anything else about his character that needs to change to make him be better. That's that's not the place to start. I think it's it's a it's a fun signature move. I think the name of it is dumb. I think it, the way it, that Michael Cole yells it out is dumb. Superman, Superman punch. punch. Superman. I punch. agree. The name is dumb, but I like the the style that it has in a sense. Um, I like it as a signature move and not a finisher. I think he used to use it as a kind of pseudo it's a finisher setup for his spear. Right. Yeah. It's more of a signature move. Um, when he was using it in the shield, they did the triple power bomb, and that was the big finisher. So now that he's in singles, he has to use the spear, which I think is dumb. Yeah, I'm not the a spear fan. Is so overused. I'm in not WWE. a fan of his spear. I I'm more a fan of his Superman punch than his spear. Agree. To be honest with you, Agreed. and I think that it, it's more iconic of him, and he does it really well. Yeah, he does. Uh, I, I remember a couple where like there's one I think Seth against Seth Rollins or Seth Rollins came off the top rope and Romans caught him in midair with one and it looked just spectacular. So no Superman punch I think is is the least of his problems. Exactly. Yeah, learn go learn to promo. Uh, number two, she said, should Nia and Ronda be a slow build to get Ronda more experience in the ring without the worry of her hurting someone with a botched spot? Ooh, why don't you, you ask take this Nick's what? question? <laughs> <laughs> I think Nia just needs to get the hell out of the way. No. That's what I'm saying. You know, uh, no disrespect to her or the big girls or anything like that. That's not the point. Uh, the point is she doesn't know her own strength. She doesn't know how to work with someone that's half of her size safely. You guys have heard me rattling on and on about this. Let's move on. For the record, I disagree. I don't think Nia is anywhere near as bad as you seem to think that she is. Okay. I think she's actually pretty good with her weight uh, and her strength. But uh, as far as a slow build, no, I don't think it should be a slow build, a slower build at all. It's been slow enough. Um, and the fact that there has been no physicality yet is not helping Ronda get more experience. Uh, if anything, they've thrown her to the wolves uh, on the microphone for the most part, which is obviously her weakest aspect right now. Yeah. And I think that her physicality is one of her strongest aspects. Um, and I, I'm not really worried about 
I'm not worried about how these girls hurting each other. Like I feel, I feel like they're both really tough chicks who, you know, are, are not, they're going to be able to get some physicality without hurting each other. And I don't think that slowing it down is going to help. I think that Rhonda needs to be doing more work with someone who's more experienced than Nia Jax. Oh, okay. So I misread the question or I interpreted it the wrong way. She's referring to Rhonda getting more experience in the ring without the worry of Rhonda hurting someone. And I think you brought this up and mentioned it earlier in the in the vein of uh, is she going to do some UFC shit and maybe get disqualified? Well, I mean, or something. we could take this either way as either Nia or Ronda hurting each other. Yeah, really, they're and both I, relatively. I mean, Nia's still relatively new to the yeah. roster, so I, I don't know it, it, the fact that these two. These two are the very top of the card with the entire amount of talent that you've got on Monday Night Raw is appalling to me. And I don't really know what... That's why I've been so down on this. Like, really? I think it makes These sense because, because Ronda... Here's why. is because Ronda is going to be a big draw to the casual audience. And the casual audience wants to see Ronda go up against someone who they don't think she can beat. And there's no one else on the roster who looks anywhere near as intimidating as Nia Jax to a casual fan who's never seen anybody else. So they come in and they see the person that they know, Ronda Rousey, versus this six-foot-two behemoth of a woman who can pick Ronda up like a rag doll. That they're going to look at and be like, damn, all right, Ronda's in a whole new world now. Yeah. So that's why they're doing it. Not nothing to do with experience or anything else. I know, I get so, it. So uh, number three of Andrea's questions is Mustafa out of spelled Mustangs, but I believe she means Mustafa Ali. Yay, autocorrect. Uh, yay, autocorrect. Is Mustafa Ali. I like Mustangs Ali better. I, 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 <laughs> now gotta, entering the ring, Mustangs Ali. Yeah, that does sound like a 1950s wrestler now. Yeah. Is Mustafa Ali a better baby face than Cedric Alexander? Ooh, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to say yes. I'm torn. I'm going to say yes. I think he's a better promo than Cedric. Uh, I don't, I think they're both about the same on par as far as baby faces go. I mean, just you know, Cedric's a little more bland. Hey, that's what I'm saying. He's, yeah. he's, he's bland. I, I think Mustafa could be a, an interesting champion down the Mustafa road. I, has, I think we're going to go heel next though. Yeah. He's got a little buddy. more character going on. I think yeah. he's becoming a little bit more interesting. He's doing better, better work. Oh, he's definitely uh, come leaps and bounds uh, throughout this tournament. This uh, yeah. the first half of this year, he's got a he's got a a, a better story. Yeah. Like his 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 overcoming the odds, his overcoming his own name and his his racial identity and everything. Like he's kind of got a better story on Cedric. And I we we have gone on record. We love us some Cedric. Yes, we love us some Cedric. But yeah, Mustafa Ali right now might be a better baby face than Cedric Alexander. Uh, her fourth question is what makes a good baby face? That's oh God, good- that's a whole episode on itself. <laughs> um, that is, that's a, that's a huge question. It's very um, subjective too. I think everybody's going to react that way uh, to that question differently. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm going to just say Johnny Gargano and, and let you draw conclusions. Or, or Sami Zayn and NXT. Uh, Sami Zayn. Yeah. You missed that era of NXT. Kind of. Yeah. You missed it. He was, he was, an amazing, I mean, he carried that pretty forward into amazing when baby he face. debuted, and it was an under, he was an underdog babyface. That was a particular yeah. style of babyface, right? You have a few different styles of babyface, but um, you know, typically you have an it's an underdog thing, but you also have like the the big strong babyfaces too. And it's basically all it all it takes is for people to get behind you and want to see you win, yeah, and want to see you win. Um, that's all that it takes, uh, literally. Inner fight. Um, you know, kind of just a go-getter attitude, that kind of... If you want some bullet points of things, it, it's just you have to know how to work an audience the same way a heel has to know how to work an audience. And it's just different tactics for different methods. And a lot of times, it just has to do with basic internal charisma. It's some, it's something you cannot teach. Either someone is a good baby face or they are not. 
And you can't force someone to be a baby face if they're just not a baby face. <laughs> Roman Reigns. Um, so it's, yeah, that's, we could, we could go off on this, but we'll leave it at that for right now. It is just an innate ability to make people like you and want you yep. to win. Uh, next question, Deuce Elefante, do our lives regain a semblance of normalcy with the conclusion to the Lashley Zane feud on Sunday <laughs> is the end in sight or is Sunday wishful thinking? So does it continue? And if it doesn't continue, is our long national nightmare finally over? Uh, I think so. I think, it, I think this is it. I think it's, it's over. It's if done. it's not over, they're insane. Insane if it's not over. Um, and do our lives retain it, regains a semblance of normalcy? A semblance still, until, it's until still, it's still Monday Night Raw. In, so. in, <laughs> until uh, until another Lashley. This is your life comes along. Yeah, yeah. Um, next up, Derek McGator. Derek, I'm going to call him McGator guy from now on. McGator guy. Uh, so we got the video package of Bianca Belair to give her a little bit of shine, and it came off to him that she's ready for a title shot. I'd love to see her, Baszler, Evans, and Cross mix it up in a fatal four-way. Is this good fantasy booking? The question is, who would you like to see win it if it were to happen, and how would you book the immediate future? So we're, Bel we're talking about Belair, Baszler, Baszler Lace, Evans, and Lacey Cross. Evans, and Nikki Cross. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, I would love to see Baszler win that because I think she should stay on the top, but... Um, I, I I can see. I mean, I think. Like I said, I think Nikki Cross is on her way out of this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, Lacey Evans, I don't think should be on the top among among these ones. Very close. Um, I Bianca Belair, I just I'm I'm ready for her to just skip all of this. Yeah, me frankly. too. Frankly, and it's something to do with with how much shine they're giving with her video packages. I think she's just she's she's solid gold. We were watching her this week, and I was like, dude, I want to see her face Charlotte now. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I agree with you. I don't think Baszler's ready to go for that. And without that title, I'm scared for what is left for her to do. Um, so I, she's in that weird spot where she almost has to keep it. She's got to be booked as a monster for the like, or she's toast. Yeah. Um, you know? I like Lacey Evans. I think there's a potential that she's next after Baszler, or at least the next kind of sort of heel to come up. But I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm scared of letting Nikki Cross get out of NXT without having that belt. She's been so good. But they did the same thing with Ruby Riot. I don't think she I was needs so it. high on Nikki Cross yeah. and Ruby Riot last exactly. summer, and now look at how good Ruby's doing on the main roster, and she's getting a little bit, little Relatively. bit of a push. Um, so I, yeah, Cross mixing it up with Baszler this weekend is going to be interesting to see how that turns out. Uh, Evans is she's got she's a six foot blonde. She's going to have no problems with her future uh, that is actually big and can work as well. Um, the one that I'm really worried about the most out of all four of those is Baszler. Because I don't really? know, I don't know what she does if she's not the champ. Yeah. I really don't. Well, if she's not a monster, I think. You I know think I mean? all three of those other ones have big futures already wrapped around them. Yeah. Baszler's kind of got to be that title holder. I right think now. Bianca Belair is kind of like the Velveteen Dream, where she, it's just a matter of you just make sure that car stays on the road, and it's going to take you forever. She's she's got so much going for her. She's still young. Yeah, that's. Uh, moving on, Dominic Jacques, I agree with you that Strowman doesn't need the briefcase. However, if he doesn't win, what do you do with him for SummerSlam? And uh, do you think both briefcases are going to Raw this year? Wouldn't that be better if they could cash on any championship that they want as opposed to just on That's the... That's an the, interesting point. Yeah, so let's take this piece by piece. Um, with Strowman, what does he do for... Some, well, we have extreme rules between now and SummerSlam as well. We have another pay-per-view between now and SummerSlam. Okay. Um, and there's a lot you can do with Strowman. You can, you can put him anywhere... Um, it just depends on how you want to write his logic for where he goes. He can feud with 
you know, pretty much anyone. Whether it's Kevin Owens, if Kevin Owens cost him the briefcase, looked like they were doing a little something with Kevin Owens and Strowman. Yeah, this I, last week you read my mind again. I think that we're we're looking at a potential Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman feud going yep. here. Uh, I wouldn't be mad. Uh, at that, but I think it's a good question. On this point, I don't know that it's if we can tell. Like it, it's it's still going to be Roman and Brock somehow at SummerSlam. At SummerSlam. Well, maybe. Apparently, Brock hasn't been booked for anything yet oh. officially. Um, real quick though, I want to I want to answer this last part. If you could cash the championship on any championship they want, they cash the, uh, the the money in the bank on anything any championship, you can. They established that at WrestleMania that Carmella could have cashed in on on Charlotte. The raw, the, the raw, um, oh, the raw okay. Um, sorry, on um, on Nia the- and Alexa, that Carmella could have cashed cash in on Nia and Alexa. They established that you could cash in on the other brand if you wanted. What I thought Dominic was alluding to was if you could cash it in for the U.S. title or the Intercontinental title or oh. whatever. That's what I would. That that's what I went. Oh, okay. I think that's it's an been, interesting. I concept. think it has been defined that it is it is for the heavyweight championships only and not for the lesser championships. But to be to go to you can go to either brand. I think that has been established in kayfabe. Okay. Uh, all right, and fine. Rule finally, Rule Sheeran's. Uh, he says, everyone seems to assume that Nikki Cross isn't part of Sanity anymore, but during the last NXT live show in Antwerp, she was announced as representing Sanity. Uh-huh. Hey, could it oh. be the reason why they held back Sanity? This is what we were saying earlier. Could it be the reason why they hold back Sanity is because they want to introduce them with Nikki on the main roster. I feel this wasn't the original idea, but they may have changed their mind because the fashion with Nikki is just more interesting. Rule, get, out of, get out of my head, Rule. Brilliant. Yes, we agree. <laughs> we totally I, I would not 100% be surprised, agree. I would not be surprised if we saw a Sanity sneak debut at Money in the Bank or maybe SmackDown Live next week with Nikki Cross in tow. I agree yeah. with you. I think they've held off on Sanity until they could get Nikki Cross out of NXT. Rule, do you work as a writer for WWE? Yeah. Because if, if not, <laughs> you should. Yes. Uh, guys, thanks everybody for asking those questions this week. We look forward yes. to answering some more next week. This is a lot of fun, and we love interacting with you guys. We do have to quickly get through some other news before the end of the show. Uh, we didn't even get to talk about the fact that Lucha Underground is back. And they opened the show with Aztec Warfare. They, they opened the show with their what? version of the Royal Rumble, which just set up all kinds of new feuds. Oh. I mean, we'll, we'll, get, we'll break down Lucha Underground next week when we have a little bit more time. But yeah, Lucha is back, and it's uh, still awesome. Uh, off with a bang. Um, another news, Brock Lesnar has officially beaten CM Punk's world title record at hey. 340, 435 days as the heavyweight champ. They did make note of this on WWE.com and during the shows this week. As we said that they would, they love to rub this crap into, into people's faces. I think that there are just too many coincidences with things happening around Punk going back to UFC and fighting this match, whether it be Brock passing his, his record, whether it be the uh, the trial with the Dr. Man trial, which they pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. Vince was basically to bankrolling. To try and get it, it, get it as close to the UFC match as possible. I, I think there's just too many coincidences where they're trying to get in Punk's head with this stuff uh, because they, they have a history of being petty like that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, Brock has officially beaten the record. Uh, also, Ring of Honor is, going, is trying to get a show at Madison Square Garden, kind of mm-hmm. like Triple A did. Mm-hmm. It certainly seems like the Wolves are circling, mm. at least on WWE. And the, the, they're trying to get their claws into what was the mainstay for WWE, the main arena, Madison Square Garden, for decades and decades and decades. That was the home of WWE. Yes. And now that they've gone over to the Barclays Center, it seems like everyone else is trying to come and stick it to the WWE because now Madison Square Garden is mad at WWE for kind of throwing them under the bus. So that will be interesting to keep an eye on. I don't know yeah. if Ring of Honor can sell out a show that big, but that, that's, that's a lot of tickets. That's the rumor. Yeah. 
Hey, uh, next up, Jeff Cobb is rumored to be back at New Japan, coming up at Kazuna Road, possibly a, in the G1. It ain't a rumor. The boy is in a match at Kazuna oh. Road. Uh, it's a big tag match, but yeah, he's back in New Japan. I would love to see him in the G1. Oh, I would love to see how. Oh, please oh. let him be in the G1. Make that happen. Yep. Don Callis. Uh, and then other news, uh, Paige, Rusev, and Lana apparently were robbed. Adam Memphis Sheraton. Apparently, some, some things were taken from their rooms, uh, including a camera and some cash. So the rooms were broken into. They weren't like held at gunpoint. No, they weren't held held at gunpoint. Sure, okay. They were their stuff of theirs was stolen. Yeah. But the the issue came because apparently the uh, the Sheraton staff were extremely unhelpful. That in fact, the head of security even said that it was their fault for leaving things in the room. Uh, and uh, were generally unhelp- and unhelpful. Paige said online uh, how bad the staff was, and Rusev and Lana were basically saying this happened, and um, because they're being so unhelpful, yeah, we're lawyering up. They basically are, are, are dicks. So, how, people, how are you going to sue a Sheraton? Uh, and for what? Be, oh, well, it's, it's this You're particular Sheraton. It's this particular Sheraton. Okay. It's uh, this franchise. So... Uh, what else is going on? What do we got? Last uh, couple of bits here. Yeah, we got Rev Pro. A little news out of Rev Pro. Uh, the UK strong style evolved. Suzuki and uh, Zack Saber Jr., who are the current tag champs over there, they're putting their tag belts on the line against Kazuchika Okada and Tomohiro Ishii. Well, we wondered what Okada was going to do. Well, I guess we know. We know. There you go. <laughs> I can see. I can see uh, Okada Suzuki and, and Saber. What? Yeah, I could see them being the tag champs over there. <gasps> I, th- I could actually see it now that Okada's not the the heavyweight champ. This is the kind of stuff he can go do now. Get other belts. Go all over the place with his buddy Ishii and wreck stuff. God, just, <laughs> Suzu- just put Suzuki and Ishii against each other everywhere. That's just. I just want to watch that and be no uncomfortable. No kidding. Oh, I might have to try and watch Rev Pro just for this match. Uh, we are getting some news out of that. We finally have some answers around the authors yes. of Pain. Uh, yes. Apparently, one of their members had a visa issue. Yep. And that's why they haven't been on TV. Finally, that news came out. And so, I'm, gl- I'm glad. I hope they now slow play everything. They don't. I don't want them to to yes. get ruined. Just bring them back. Have them kill people. Like the tag divisions in shambles. Build it up. Uh, you know, keep them away from Drew McIntyre and Ziggler, or have Ziggler and McIntyre become the champs, and then just have them feud with AOP or something. I this, don't know. This kind of feeds into my conspiracy that they're gonna put the Raw Tag Championships onto the B team so that AOP can come in and just destroy them mm. and take them off of them. That's I like your booking. Yes, I All like right. that a lot. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, we are off to Money in the Bank. We got TakeOver Chicago 2 happening on Saturday, (gasps) Money in the Bank happening on Sunday. Big wrestling weekend, one of my favorite pay-per-views, if not my favorite pay-per-view in all of WWE happening this weekend. Uh, If you want to come and join us during the conversation this weekend, hit us up on Twitter at BWO Podcast or come over to Facebook and join the Busted Wide Open discussion group. Sign up, post some fun memes, video clips, all kinds of good stuff. This is going to be a busy, busy weekend of wrestling. No kidding, because we're going to be coming back early next week with our recap of TakeOver and Money in the Bank. And then later on in the week, we're doing our regular show where we'll be talking about what went down on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, 205 Live, as well as anything that's going on in the wide world of wrestling yes so get into the facebook group be ready to throw your questions up for next week guys if you like what we're doing here we would love your support and it really helps us grow the show every dollar counts head over to patreon.com slash bwo throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar or sign up to do your very own shoe promo right here on the show if you'd like to rock some sweet swag to let everybody know that we are your favorite wrestling podcast head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash store pick up a t-shirt coffee mug 
phone case, hoodie, all that good stuff. Panties. You name it. Yes, and or you and also by the way. Go to a YouTube. Go to our YouTube page and, yes. and and click our YouTube page. I've been foreshadowing it long enough. We are on the precipice of beginning to live stream the recording of this podcast That's every right. week. So we are very, 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 very close at this point. Uh, but head over to YouTube.com. Just search for Busted Wide Open. You'll find our channel with our logo over there. It's very easy to, to find. You'll be able to see our haggard, uh, baggy-eyed, grimacing faces yes. every week. It'll yes. be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys. We can't wait to get started. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Podcasts. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! Will somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com.